You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Uh, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Is that how it feels? A little bit. You know, this is it, right? So if you're watching online, this is the weekend before Christmas. And so if you're watching this morning, wherever it is, evening, wherever you're going to watch it. It's the weekend before Christmas and all through the house, so many creatures were stirring. Well, that's all I'm going to do. But I'm telling you, uh, if you're a control freak, let me help you real quick. You don't have to raise your hand because you'll be the first one to do it if I ask for it. So if you're a control freak, this is me say you, you're going to want everything to go correctly. Go, everything's got to go right. Everybody's got to bring the right food. Everybody's going to be on time. That, good luck with that. And everybody, watch this, and everybody that told you that was coming to your house for Christmas, they're not all coming. And you're going to have food left over, and you're going to buy a gift for them. You really are going to try hard. Okay, you're going to buy a gift for them, and they're not even going to be there. So now what are you going to do? You're going to send it to them? Are you going to keep it? See, that's what you have to think about. So some of you, this is the, let me say this. If you have to have everything go right and work out, this isn't your week. This is the wrong week for this. This is what happens all the time. So what do you do when things don't go to plan? That's a possibility that things are not going to go to plan. So let's talk about this for a moment. We have this thing called the missing piece. Uh, most of us have a hard time finding peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You want to find it, you try to get there. And so I hope you've watched enough movies and ate enough whatever and everything's decorated. There's still time though. I just want you to know there's still time to have peace over this thing called Christmas. So what we talked about is trying to figure out when we want something, last week was this, we want something, we pray for it, and then we have to wait on it. It's like for the kids, it's happening. Christmas is coming, it's the longest week of their life. You know this. And Christmas Eve is like torture. It's just torture. So most of us, when we pray for something, we want it. And we want God to make it happen when we want it to happen. But sometimes things don't go to our plans, and that's what we've got to talk about, what we're going to do. Now, we've got to realize that God's not like us. He thinks differently. He sees differently. He's at a 30,000-foot view and God thinks like this, he sees from beginning to end, and you're somewhere in here, and then you throw up a prayer. Last week, many of you were saying, God, send me a million dollars. Y'all remember that? Did anybody get that? I'm still waiting to. I've been praying. How long is this going to go? See, one of the things you said, God, you know, you did, a, did you not bargain just a little bit? This is what we figured out. You had to bargue, bargain with God a little bit. We know he's working. Uh, you know, while we're waiting, he's working, so you do a little bargain with him. You say, you know, God, if you give me a million dollars, I'll help people. That's what we say, because it makes it more appealing, I guess. But we never act like we're going to get it. This was our thing. We pray for something, but we never act like we're going to get it. You never sat down and did a budget for the million dollars and what you're going to put here and what you're going to put there, because you know it's coming. So one day, it might be a big surprise for you, and it happens. And then what are you going to do? We know this happened with God. While we were waiting, God is working. We waited a long time for Jesus Christ to be born in Bethlehem. We waited a long time. And he talked about it over and over through scriptures and all the things, even from Genesis all the way. 
God, I'll tell you this, is never in a hurry, you know? So we're looking at it from 30,000 feet. Your prayer's in here. We understand he's trying to do something. He has a purpose in what he does and how things are answered and when it takes place. All those things happen like that. One of the worst feelings is having to wait, especially having to wait on God. Because if God would kind of just listen to what we're saying and just do what we want him to do, don't you think your life would be much better? That's usually the way it works. And I have a good idea. I have a good plan. And uh, I don't know how many plans actually worked out for you. Now, we can do short-term plans. We're going to do a Christmas thing. And uh, well, let me give you an example. Do you know what you wished for? I wanted last uh, New Year's Eve. What was the thing that you said you were going to do uh, this year that you did not do? And there's a prayer in there somewhere. There is a prayer in there that you forgot about, but he didn't forget about. So sometimes, I, I've seen this happen over and over. People's prayers are answered, and you didn't even know it because you weren't paying attention. So I think you need to be paying attention to what's about to happen. What happens when it doesn't go the way we want it to go? What happens when we have to wait? We want it now. We want it tomorrow. Sometimes it does happen. Most of the time, it does not. God is in no hurry. You need to understand that. But we are, and we need a little help with that. So having to wait, uh, that's, that's a hard thing. Second thing that happens is when you're having to wait on God, and then you get an answer, and it's not what you wanted. That just really messes you up. <laughs> this is not the color of the car I asked for. This is not it. That has does not have leather seats, Lord. What is the problem? So we have these things, you know, that we want to do, and we're having to wait, and then we get an answer. It's not what we're looking for. Maybe, 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 it didn't go to your plan. So here's something we do at Marathon. Uh, we're, not very, we're not religious. We're relational. We love people, we care about people, and we're a little bit, we are real when it comes to life. So we're going to take your real life, what's happening with you, and meet a real God, and we're going to stick you in the middle and see how things work out. That's kind of what's happening with you. Because it's easy to say some things. Like, I trust God, I love God, I want God to do whatever he wants to do with me. And you have no idea what you just said. Because I'm going to tell you the real Christmas story today. I'm going to tell you how it really went down. And we'll see if you wanted to get in on that. Because I think a lot of times we have these plans. It's supposed to be pretty good here, you know. It's supposed to work out. It's not supposed to be hard, is it? Well, yeah, it is. It's going to be hard here. You're not in heaven. Things are not going to go the way you want them to go. And what you had to figure out when this life thing hits with this God thing over here, you had to figure out... Am I willing to do what he wants me to do? And do you think you have the better plan, or does he have the better plan? Especially when it doesn't go the way you want it. And so I'm going to tell you the real Christmas story. We're going to have some, have some players in here. Mary and Joseph are in here, and I need all of you to hear this. These are real people. When you read the Bible, these are real people having to make really hard decisions. I know we're on the other end of it. And we see Mary on a donkey and the moon shining and the stars and the angels are singing and everything is wonderful. That's just not the way it went down. And so you have to realize what you're going through and the decisions you're having to make with your life and your family, some things are just not going the way you want it. It didn't go at all. If you go to the Bible and you read about these people, they didn't get to do what they wanted to do. It didn't go down the way they wanted it to go down. 
So we're going, we're going to look at this. So this is, let's just go ahead and do the announcement. Okay, no, God hasn't spoken in 400 years. So we're over here in Malachi. We're coming over here to Matthew. And there's this quiet period of 400 years. God did not speak. And he's about to speak. He's going to break in. And here's how he's going to break in. He's going to get into Matthew and to Luke. And here he is. He's breaking in. You know, we have birth announcements. Do you notice we have, like, everybody does birth announcements everywhere? So it's blue for, blue for guys. Is that right? Pink for girls? Yes, I know that. I'm just kidding. Okay, imagine this birth announcement. Here we go. King of Kings is going to be born. He's coming in. And here's what's happening. Do not be afraid. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. For what I proclaim to you is good news. This is good stuff that's happening. Because I ain't had any good news for 400 years. It almost feels like us. We need good news. That brings great joy to all people today. Your Savior, today your Savior, is born in this city of David. Your Savior is born. That's what we needed, by the way. We didn't need an accountant. We didn't need a politician. We didn't need a teacher. What did we need? We needed a Savior. So that's what he sent. So I'm so glad that he's in charge of this. Uh, City of David, he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. So he said there's going to be a sign. A sign points you to something. And so this is what this sign is, that I'm going to start moving you into the real story of what was happening. These strips of cloth, this baby wrapped in a blanket was not a blanket. And it wasn't this warm Walmart thing or Amazon you just can order, by the way. It didn't happen that way. These, they were so poor when they got to this part, which I'll get you there in a minute. But when they got to this part, they were strips of cloth that was used for burial cloth because that's all they had. So this is your sign. Savior will be born, and he'll be laying in burial cloth because this Savior was born to die. So there's your sign. So now we're going to have a 14-year-old in a minute. Her name is Mary, and we have Joseph, and they're going to be married, and everything's just going to work out lovely, isn't it? So here we go. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, birth announcement, the armies of God, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, this was an army of angels making a birth announcement. This is cool. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So what we're trying to do is we're going to bring a Savior. Let's get this straight in our heads before we get into the story. We're going to bring a Savior for you. It's going to be named Jesus Christ. Already named the baby. Already named the baby. So all that's going to happen for you. Uh, He's going to bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's what we're looking for, salvation and peace on earth. And I'll tell you right now, none of that is happening right now. In this story, none of that is happening. There is no peace, not yet. It's going to be a long time. So here we go. Let's talk about this. So Mary and Joseph are going to be married, and let's get real. She's 14 years old, different time, different culture. I don't think anybody in this culture would say a 14-year-old should get married. But you hadn't heard nothing yet. (laughs) So we're going to get there. So the birth announcements are out. Mary and Joseph put the birth announcements out. They are taking uh, photos on the Bethlehem Bridge, and they're putting it on Instagram, and Mary is getting likes all over the world. It's an amazing thing what is happening. Hashtag Joseph loves her. And so, so all these things are happening. So they're just all excited about this. They're getting everything ready, just like you. Here's, they're going to, like, 
You know, Joseph's a carpenter, so they're going to have to pay off his school loans for being a carpenter, so they're going to work on that. They're going to build a house, okay? Their honeymoon, they're going to Rome for all-inclusive thing, a whole week of this thing. So they got all this, and then once they come back off the honeymoon, they get things going, they build a little house. This is what you're thinking. We're going to get some help for Joseph in his carpentry business so that we can have babies. That's what they're thinking. Now, let's have the real story. Because I just did a wedding in December 4th, this wonderful couple. And I was thinking, uh, but they were, they were in their 20s. I can't imagine a 14-year-old doing what's about to happen and saying this. So all of a sudden, Mary, they got all this going on. They're all excited. And then this angel shows up to Mary. She says, Mary said, uh, you're going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And the Father is going to be God. And she said something really interesting at 14. She said, let it be done unto me as you said. So you go ahead. Because everybody was looking for it. You know, 400 years of silence and finally somebody broke in. You're the girl. And you would think that everybody would want to be Mary and have the baby that saved the world. Doesn't that just sound lovely? So Joseph over here, Mary comes running in all excited. Here we go. Watch this. You ready? Here we go. I just had a visit from an angel, and the angel said that I am, by the way, I'm pregnant, and the father is God. What do you think, Joseph? I think you're crazy. Did you understand what just happened? So they've got all, wait a minute, hold on. All right, see, they've been good little girls and boys. They They haven't done anything. They're going to wait until they're married. So here we coming in here, and we got a 14-year-old that says, I'm pregnant, and God's the father. We got to talk. This is what is happening right now in their life. This thing is not going to plan. We're not going to Rome for all-inclusive. It's not happening. What is happening is if you're pregnant out of wedlock in this day and age, you could die. Best thing could happen to you is nobody speaks to you anymore. And you're, listen, her life straight up is going to be hell from this moment on because she is not married. But the 14-year-old said, let it be done. Okay? So you would think that she knows all that's happening and what's going to happen. So Joseph is having to figure out something. He said, what happens when things don't go as planned? Well, this is a big deal. I don't know if your girlfriend came to you and said, hey, I'm pregnant. God did it that you would go with that. I just don't believe that's going to happen. So Joseph's having to figure this thing out. What am I going to do with you? That's what he was thinking. What am I going to do with you? And because of this, I do love you and I do care about you, so I got to figure this out. Since everything has just gotten messed up and you're pregnant by God, let me, pregnant by God. That's throwing me off. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, uh, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. Pledged to be married. Listen very carefully. Two things that happened in the culture. Uh, the first one was the engagement. Oh, the women are all in this one. The guy's like, ugh, we'll just tell you where to be. So the women come in, and they're like, oh, the engagement is almost like I'm married, but you're not sleeping together. Okay, so that's the first thing. So they have a first engagement. What that means is it's so, it's so like a big deal that if the man dies during the engagement, she's considered a widow. So this is a big deal. 
And the second part of it is the celebration of the wedding. So here we go. This is what Joseph was thinking. This is what they're looking at. Uh, Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Guys, listen to me. I would need an angel to tell me something. I would need a lightning bolt in my front yard to know what's happening. Because me just here, uh, just to hear my uh, fiance say that I'm pregnant by God, I got to have more than that. Do we not? So we got an old angel here telling him some stuff. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he was a good guy. God picked well on this couple, by the way. Okay? This is, but you know what's so funny? I want you to know this. They don't know what's going to happen. They just said yes to God and letting him handle the details. Most of us won't. So here, here we go. He was found faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. I'm just gonna, we're just going to walk away. Walking away for him was different. She's going to walk away with baby. Her life is never going to be the same. It is never going to. The things that she thought, the house, the this and the that and the, all the wonderful things, that's not going to happen. And by the way, it's not going to happen now either. What she wanted to do is not going to happen. Her plans have changed drastically and the Savior of the world is about to be born. I don't know if that helps her or not. Not yet. Still don't know. Me are the plans in a person's heart, but is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That is a great verse if nothing's going on. Do you understand? When, when life and God meet, and then we throw this verse in here, you know, and my plan's not working out. Short-term, long-term, what, what are you doing? Why isn't things working out for me? My plans are not working. And this is what is happening. He said, look, in the end, it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Lord, listen, God has a plan, and he has a purpose, and he uses you to make it happen. But he may not use your plan. Most likely won't. This is what's happening to Mary. It's about to get real ugly before it gets better. And I don't even know if it gets better. Maybe for you. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. For all the detailed people and control freaks, that one doesn't work for you real well. Because most of you are going to say, I want to know. If I'm going to say yes to God, and he's going to do this, and he's, I want to know what's going to happen. You may tell you why you don't know what's going to happen? Because you won't do it. So you have this thought, this spiritual thought that I'm going to, I want God to use me. I want God to do whatever he wants to do in my life. And then so we get there. We get life in God. And you're in the middle. We get there, and then you won't know what's going on. I just want to know, do you trust God or you don't trust him? He has a plan and a purpose, but he may not use yours. Is that okay? That's what we're saying. This is where we are with Mary and Joseph. Is it okay? Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. So that we had, we had to drop in a supernatural being. I would have probably needed about four of them. But this will be fine. As your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to, the son, to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. Already named the baby. You don't have to worry about that. Don't mess with the grandparents. We got it. Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's why he's being born, because he's going to save their people, you people, we people, all of us.
He's going to save us from our sins. He's going to be the Savior. He is born to die, and Mary is carrying the baby. That is what is happening. She is carrying the baby. It is going to get really ugly before it gets better. This is how things are when life meets God. Your disappointment might be a divine appointment from God. Because that's, that's kind of the way it works, you know. It kind of the way it works. You, you think it's going, it should be this way, then all of a sudden it's 180 degrees the other way, and you're thinking, is this, re- is this real? It's probably God doing it. Didn't you say you wanted to follow him? Didn't you say you wanted his plans to be your plans and not your plans, his plans? So there's a little different here. It's a little different. What if things had gone to plan? Let me tell you what had happened if things had gone to plan. I was in Rock Hill. I was in college in Rock Hill at Winthrop University. I was working there. I was in sports medicine. I was going to be doing a lot of things in sports and with kids and people. I was running the after-school program at the YMCA. I was going to be a management at the YMCA. I created a whole gym of just workout equipment and put all that. We had all this stuff happening. And so I was going to be a part of that, and I was going to be regional manager eventually. When I got out of college, I was going to, go, I was going to like help with the state. This is what they wanted me to do. This is the director of the YMCA. I'm still taking classes, and I'm doing stuff at the YMCA. So I had to make a decision one day. My, that's my plan, by the way. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work out too good. So, so my plan was to do that. So my dad lost his job. Mom and daddy were struggling. Everybody was having a, a, a time at home. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and help the family, and then I'm going to come back. The guy, the director, named Rob Youngblood, he said, please don't leave. If you leave, you may never come back. Please don't leave. I said, I can't. I got to go help my family. I ended up going to a little church with my mom and dad, and my wife walked in in the choir. Of course, I didn't know she was my wife at that time. She walked in. She was so beautiful. I forgot. I don't even remember being there. I mean, you've done that. And then she was singing. And so I thought she was singing to me. When she opened my mouth, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh. And then I got to be the youth pastor at this church for a little while. And Lynn and I, my wife, Lynn, we got to ride on the same van. We got to know each other to our youth camp where I was taking everybody. I don't remember the camp at all, but I remember Lynn. So, and then we got married. And then we went to Easley, and all these things were happening. And we got to do a church, probably a part of a church in Easley. We got to do singles in college and all the things and youth. We got to do dramas, and we got to blow up stuff. We went to Clemson and blew that up. They didn't like it. Figured that. So we did all this crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes to me and says, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you all start a church in Powdersville? So we go, okay, what is that? Why don't you know you can do that? So we started a church in Powdersville. In 1997, we started a church. It was called Marathon. So we started a church. Then we started another church. And we started another church. And one more, and the next month we started another one. 3,000 people have accepted Jesus Christ here. 3,000. Let me say this. If it had gone to plan, I would have never known you. Do you understand how this works? If, I had gone, if it had gone to plan, I would have never been a part of this. I would be in Rock Hill. You've never heard of me. This is how God does stuff. This is what was happening to Mary and Joseph right now. This is what was happening. It's not going to go to plan. You're not going to Rome on a honeymoon. It's not happening. Peace on the earth, goodwill toward men. Not yet. 
not happening yet. Here's what just happened. So, okay, we got over the pregnant thing. We know you're going to have a baby named Jesus. Angel told me. And then Caesar Augustus decided to do something. Because you remember the prophecy that said the baby's going to be born in Bethlehem? Well, they're not in Bethlehem. So Caesar Augustus says, I need everybody to come back. We need to have a count. I need to know who's here. So listen very carefully, everybody. Seeing little Mary riding with baby Jesus on a donkey, listen up. This was a 90-mile trip. 90-mile trip for a pregnant woman on a donkey. I don't think we're really good when they're in air-conditioned cars. I don't think we're really good. Let me tell you something else. It's a 90-mile trip, two-week venture. Joseph can't work. They're going back to Bethlehem. It's snowing. Almost every night it snows on the way. And the valley that they have to go through is where everybody gets beat up and robbed. So they got to go through this valley. So Joseph's got to protect his and the baby to get them to Bethlehem. There was no Airbnb, ladies and gentlemen, no hotel.com. Nobody knew what was happening. So they get into Bethlehem, and guess what? There's no room in the end. You know why? Because everybody came back. Because the baby is going to be born in a manger in a barn, which you think barn. It's basically a cave with a hole dug into the side, a wall, you know, it's a cave. They're in there. She's having a baby. Now, she's having contractions on the donkey. Can you only imagine what Joseph's like? Is this, what are we doing? You know, this is a God thing. Why am I having, what are we doing? They get to Bethlehem. They have no room. They have the baby in this cave with animals, put it in a manger, and they wrap it in burial cloth because that's all they got. And then lo and behold, shepherds, smelly, stinking shepherds show up. They come in there, and they want to hold the baby. What? So here's, this is all happening. This is all happening. There is no money. There is no food. There's no diapers from Walmart. None of this is happening. And then lo and behold, watch this. Lo and behold, she gets word that Herod is trying to find the baby. Imagine this in Powdersville or Greenville or wherever you live in this world, you're watching online. Imagine in your town, the government's coming to your house door by door trying to find a male baby between the ages of one and two, and they're going to kill every one of them, and they're going to take them out of your house. This is what Mary has just heard. Mary gets back on the donkey. It's time to go. Now we have a baby, a donkey, and Joseph, and they're going back the same way, and they're running for their life trying the best to hide that baby. Let's fast forward. You want to fast forward? This has got to have some kind of happy ending. Let's think about it for a minute. Let's think about it. 33 years later, Mary, who had that baby, and all those things happened. 33 years later, she's standing at the foot of a cross, looking up at her son, who's being crucified. That's what's happening. See, I don't know as a mama, I don't know if there is anything that could make that better. Well, he is dying for the, for the mankind. I just don't think that's going to make it better. And then he looks up and he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. She's standing right there 
can't even recognize him. He's beat up so much, blood running everywhere. Then he looks up to his looks to heaven, looks to his dad, and says, "It's finished." And he gave it up, and she stood there and watched him die. Now you tell me, does that make it better? You need to know the real Christmas story. Because this baby being born in Bethlehem was your savior. That's what happened. Y'all stand with me. God had a purpose in this. This is what, this is the hardest thing for you and for me. Because I'm, when life and God meet, I'm in the middle I'm like, okay, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what I want to do. And then Mary, here's, here's why I don't know all the details. And here's why you don't know them either. It's because if Mary had known all those details, what mother in the, would do such a thing? You understand what I'm saying? This was done, and he was born, and that was the sign that born for you. And you're the purpose of reason the whole thing happened. We're it. We're it. We light up that manger and we see all those shepherds and all that. But in the, in the, listen, Mary, she gave up a lot. And God gave up the must so that you could have salvation. Let's bow our heads. The Bible says that he will save his people from their sins. And that is you. That is me. So there's your Christmas story. Still comes down to us. So I want to ask a question this morning. Um, I'm going to know if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life. What a wonderful Christmas thing this could be for you. This was you. This is for you. If you want to accept Jesus Christ in your life, I will go slow. I would love for you to pray with me this prayer if you'd like to accept Jesus Christ. Jesus I ask that you come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not following you sooner. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you have changed my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.